When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Here we go, here we go. What's good, everybody? I love my little intro music. What's up? This is Jason Jones uh, of The Athletic. This is the Ruler of the Court podcast, where I talk Sacramento Kings, talk hip-hop, and of course, whatever else may come to mind. Uh, We're headed to the All-Star break. Kings are done. They wrapped up their pre-All-Star break festivities, so to speak. Tuesday night in... Phoenix with a 120-109 loss to the Suns. Uh, so they'll go into the break with a 32-25 record. Third place right now, they're third place in the West, a game ahead of the Suns. Well, believe they've lost to twice now this season. So as you get down the stretch, you're going to be talking about you know tiebreakers and all that and whatnot. And the Suns have one more game before the break. They play, they host the Clippers on Thursday. So there's a possibility the Kings will just have a half game lead on the Suns by the time we get to the break. And that also being said, the Clippers are creeping up as well. If the Clippers were to win, they'd just be a game also behind the Kings. And that's real-life doorbell action you heard over here. So, don't know what's going on. I'm actually going to do something a little different. I'm going to see who's at the door. <laughs> I'm going to pause and be right back, y'all. Okay, unpause, I'm back. Shout out to the delivery people who actually deliver your packages where they're supposed to. I uh, know if you're anything like me, you've had stuff delivered to the wrong address. And this is always troubling as a shoe guy like me. I've had... Uh, delivery. I'm not going to say the company, but I've had them actually one time watch the guy drive past my home, not stop. And then I got a notification that I was not home. And I called this ball. I called the company and told them what happened and said, make him bring the stuff back. And he did with an attitude. But hey, I digress. Back to the Kings again. The Kings sit. Like I said, again, at third place in the West. 32 and 25. Yeah, you know, um, you know, uh, shoot, already ahead of last year's win total. Already, you know, man, this is you know, not bad stuff for the Kings. Well, yeah, this this is just like I said, all for me, overall impressive for the Kings. 
as they uh, said head into the break, third in the West. I know I've said that a, you know a bunch of times, but that can't be to me overemphasized. They're third in the they're third in the West. That's that's just something that I don't think any of us, except my man who was at the summer league game wilding out, had <laughs> in mind. This is a team that won thirty games last season. They've already won thirty-two. So let's just go ahead and uh, talk about what what the first half of the season has meant. Or the I shouldn't say the half. We're past the halfway mark. The real question at this point to me with the Kings is where do they really sit in this hierarchy of the Western Conference? I know they're third in the West, but that to me, if we're going to break it down into tiers, to me, Denver is the clear class of the West. And then you, and Memphis is kind of sniffing up there, but they're not quite where uh, Denver is. The question then becomes, who in this next bunch of teams, two through six, you know, who are the contenders? Who are the teams you really have to worry about? And I'm not going to drop down too far. You know, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm going to stick right for the moment at teams two through six. You got Memphis, who the Kings are two and a half games behind in the standings. And Memphis is an interesting, you know, group, of course. They can look very good and look very bad at times. You got Phoenix coming up right behind the Kings, who, again, have knocked off the Kings twice, and they'll have some guy named Kevin Durant joining their lineup at some point. So that should make life fun. You got the Clippers, who are now starting to get more than a game here and there from Paul George and Kawhi Leonard together, who made some also made some moves at the deadline. The Clippers uh, are, have won six of their last six and four in their last ten. So, I'd be wary of the Clippers as well if I'm Sacramento. And then you got Dallas at six. The Kings just split two games with the Mavs. And that backcourt of uh, Kyrie and Luka could be a problem. I know I was on D'Lo and KC on Tuesday, and I said if they were to play the uh, Mavs, were to play the Kings in a series. I would have to say the Mavs have the two best players in Kyrie and Luka. Then you got De'Aaron, Sabonis, and then probably from there the Kings have a deeper team. But that's, that would be problematic. And I, I know I lied. I said I'm going to do the six teams. But then you look right, right behind those two teams. You got New Orleans, you got Minnesota, and you got Golden State. Then from, then from 10 on, everyone's below 500. So if you look at the teams that are 500 and above, should are the Kings clearly head and shoulders above all these teams and the answer is no that's why the kings need to continue to play well to give themselves the best chance in the postseason recently we've seen them split two games with minnesota obviously the minnesota's gonna look different when they now that they've uh traded d'angelo russell's mother guy so it's a different team now you'll have in minnesota we'll see what that gets them minnesota's won six of their last ten they're six and four in their last ten as well New Orleans, which went through hell, it was it's four and six in their last ten. Then you've got the Clippers, like I said, six. You know, Phoenix has won two in a row, seven of their last ten. The Kings are just five and five in their last ten, and 
of the tail, and you know, and then you got the, the like I said, the, the Grizzlies have lost uh, seven of ten, to but they're still in second place. But like I said Denver to me is still clearly the top of the West. And are the if I'm looking at this this uh, the conference, are the Kings clearly better than any of the teams in that three to nine range? Right now, I'd say they're ahead of the Warriors for sure. The Warriors don't have Steph, and even think with Steph, the Kings probably feel like uh, the Kings could give the you know wouldn't worry about them. But as you look at this, how things could t- tumble again, they're only they're only two and a half games out of being in the play-in, so they have to stay on their toes because if they had to win, if they had to beat the New Orleans Pelicans to make the playoffs, that could be a tough matchup depending on who's healthy for New Orleans. And that could be a Minnesota could be a problem uh, for a couple of reasons. They have size up front with Rudy Gobert. You know, they'll get Carl Anthony Towns back. And also, you've got Anthony Edwards, who, like De'Aaron Fox, is a first-time All-Star, who will give you fits. So, it's, to me, it's imperative that the Kings avoid falling into seven. But staying three won't be easy. I fully expect Phoenix to uh, likely overtake them just because... Hell, they're they're getting Kevin Durant, and yeah, they it may will it lead to a championship this year? Hell, I have no idea. I doubt it. But they're getting Kevin Durant at some point. That's going to matter. The Clippers, if they can stay healthy, I I believe could also catch the Kings. So if if you just take those two teams, you're dropping the Kings down to five which, of course, takes them out of home court advantage in a playoff scenario, and it puts them probably perilously close to that 6-7 range. I'm saying all I have to say this. For as good as this first part of the season has gone for the Kings, they're still really, really... There's nothing to be relaxed about because they're a bad week away from being seventh. The same way some of these teams that are outside of the top 10 are a good week Notably, uh, Portland and OKC, because they're both only two games under 500. they They're a good week away from, away from being in the plan. So, there's a lot to be happy about with the Kings, but I don't think the Kings, I wouldn't call the Kings contenders in terms of a championship. And I know that sounds correct, you know, like maybe a dust uh, statement. But if you're talking about the playoffs and teams that you're going to fear, I can't see anybody fearing the Kings just yet. And you all know why I say that. It's because they can't play defense worth a damn. Their point differential has increased a little. It's now up to 2.3. Scoring 119.5 points a game. Which is, you know, obviously mightily impressive. You know, only a couple of teams are also averaging... No, actually, I was reading my stats wrong. I'm sorry, doing up my notes wrong. They're clearly leading the league in scoring, but also the fact is that if you've got to score 118 to secure it to, you know, because, you know, to basically secure a win, you might be in, you might be in trouble down the stretch because as you saw in Phoenix, Phoenix didn't uh, dominate maybe in the way you would think in terms of, you know, off the offensive rebound, they only got eight offensive rebounds, but they turned into 20 points. You know, Chris Paul carved them up. And you're going to see more of that down the stretch as these veteran teams start to figure their stuff out and say, you know what, it's time to turn it up. Let's see what it do. 
And that's, that's what I fully expect this time of year from these teams. So I still think the Kings, I still can't think of a team I would pick them to win a playoff series against yet. I'd love to be proven wrong, but I don't see it yet from from where they are. Would I pick them to beat Phoenix? No, I wouldn't pick them to beat Clippers, the Clippers. Maybe they Dallas would be a good series, but would I go in and say they're the prohibitive favorite? No. New Orleans, if they're healthy, probably not. Minnesota, maybe Minnesota, but I don't know. They got some size. Yeah, so maybe they'd have to play the Warriors, but the Warriors are ninth right now and don't have staff. Who knows what's going to happen with them? So, all that being said, the Kings have a lot of work to do, but kudos to getting two All-Stars, to getting to the uh, this point of the season above 500, and poised to end the playoff drought. But, like I said, can't can't let up because for all we know, you have a bad few days, all of a sudden you're in play-in, and you could be like... Um, what you don't want to be if you're the Kings is you don't want to be this year's Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavaliers were a, a feel-good story all year. And then some injuries happened. And they go from feel-good story to losing two games in, in the play-in tournament and beating out the playoffs. I thought it sucked for them. But, hey, those are the rules we play by. And if, and if the Kings don't want to be that team, which they very well could be if they don't take care of business, they got to continue to try to shore up the defense, not turn the ball over. Or they'll just be another feel-good story from the regular season that essentially amounts to nothing because you're watching the postseason from home. So that's where I'm at. If you know, the Kings want to be anything, do not be this year's Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, like I said, Cavs had injuries. Shit happens, but the Kings can will find themselves in that situation if they cannot maintain a level of consistent play as the Phoenix, as the Phoenix Suns and the L.A. Clippers start coming for them, along with you know Dallas and the and the rest of the crew. So, that being said, we'll take a quick break. Then I'll be right back with more of the Ruler of the Court podcast. Brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. Hey, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Ooh-wee. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat game, same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Don't have much time left this week for your parlays with the All-Star break coming up, but Chris Paul just dropped 19 assists on the Kings. Who knows? Maybe you want to parlay on what he'll do. There's no Kings action, obviously, because they're done, but there's some stuff out there you can do if you want to get on the action. And, you know, try to you know, have a little fun with this just before you get to the All-Star break. So, that being said, what you can do is you can download the app now and sign up with the code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. 
Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now we're going to get back to the show. Okay, folks, I want to touch on a couple of things from the weekend. Uh, one, if you go to theathletic.com or if you were following us Super Bowl Sunday, I hope you were, a lot of you were. I was part of our halftime blog, which uh, you know got great numbers for us. Thank you to all that ch- checked in. And looked at our coverage of Rihanna and the and the, you know in the uh, halftime show. Rihanna's not all hip hop, but where she did she did hit on some of her hip hop roots with some of her songs, and most notably, where she was able to get "Run This Town," which was with Jay Z and Kanye, and also. Uh, all of the lights, which is from Kanye's, uh, to me, which is from Kanye's best album, and what it made me reflect on too, more so than anything, was, damn, how far Kanye has fallen off, because his influence can definitely be felt still musically. I mean, two of Rihanna's most iconic times when you think about her voice, he's attached to, but. Between all the stuff he's done over the last twelve months, well, it's been a while. It's it it makes you forget about the great music he gave us, and considering some of the stuff he said, I can't jump out here and act like that's not warranted. He's taken the attention off of, which is still a Hall of Fame career musically, but he's taken the attention off of it with the you know just with his antics and. It just made me kind of just reflect and say, wow. And you, you forget how good the music he gave us is. But who really cares about that, you know, at a time like this? I think, uh, I just think it's it's sad and you hope the guy gets some help. But in the meanwhile, you just kind of roll with it. And like I said, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Rihanna's uh, halftime show. I read and heard people didn't like it. They didn't think it was energetic enough. They didn't think it was this, it was that. And she's pregnant. Chill. Just chill. I enjoyed the show. And it actually made me listen to a whole lot of Rihanna music going into it. So you get why an artist would you know, go on there if you're not getting paid. Because I know Rihanna's gotten a boost in all her other stuff by participating. So that being said... Wanted to get out of here first by uh, mentioning uh, another part of Super Bowl Sunday that wasn't pleasant or anything that you really would want to talk about. And that related to uh, De La Soul and the passing of True Goy, you know, or... I'll give you his, his uh, full name. You know, well, I knew him as Plug 2 or Dave. True Goy to Dove, but no Plug 2 and you no, know, but of De La Soul. And passed away on uh, Sunday at the age of 54. 
And it made me reflect on the impact the group had when they came out. You know, when they, you know, hit the scene. I was not quite a teenager yet when De La Soul, you know, made their mark. And, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, when they, you know, they came out, their first album dropped in 89. And they were just so different at that space. I mean, as I mean, you had, you know, you had, you know, in terms of groups, you had NWA, you had Public Enemy, you had real, you know, you know, you had real aggressive, you know, real aggressive music. And here come these guys who are rel- essentially hip-hop hippies. <laughs> At least they, they looked like to me. They had these bright clothes. They had flowers, you know, and they just were so different. And... But they were good for the game because they expanded hip hop. They gave us something that was a little different, you know, and then it kind of led to the whole, you know, you you, you get uh, the whole. uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking this thing about this, but no, the whole native tongues movement, and you get a different, a you know, a different view, (laughs) a different perspective in hip-hop and it was needed i mean you can't have just this you know you know the same stuff all the time and you know native tongues gave us you know that collective gave us you know a tribe called quest jungle brothers and it gave us a different it gave people who loved hip-hop a different avenue to take and if you weren't if you weren't Chuck D, if you weren't Ice Cube, if you weren't EPMD, if you weren't, I could go on and on. And, you know, if you, you know, if you weren't one of these, you know, different types of groups, if you were just kind of a regular, you know, I mentioned Kanye uh, a few minutes ago. Would there have been a Kanye West without a De La Soul? I don't know. Could he have found a lane similarly if you hadn't had groups who had come forward to, like, like, you know, like De La to give you a different avenue, a different perspective, and to expand what was known as hip-hop to the world. So, R.I.P. to plug two. We wanted to just say that before we get out of here. And you can find me, you know, you know where to find me on my social media stuff at Mr. Jones LBC on Instagram at Mr. underscore Jason Jones on Twitter. This is Jason Jones. This is the leader, not the leader of the court. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about leaders of the new school, you know, all my day law stuff is all in my head, but you know, this is the ruler of the court podcast. Uh, like, subscribe, download, tell your friends to do it. And you can always hit me in my comments, my DMs and all that for things you want to discuss. So again, I'm Jason Jones. Y'all be safe out there. I'm out. <laughs>